Awesome. Great. Welcome to Beer Breakdown. This is Steven. I'm Josh. And we have a guest in the house. Actually, we're in his house, to be honest. We're not in Studio B Echo Base. We are in... The Dagobah system. Because it's swampy. Bye. It's swampy because we're homebrewing a dark mild today and we're taking a break during the boil because there isn't many hop additions in the mild. So we have about, what, 40 minutes to knock out in that episode real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. That's kind of typical speed for us. Um, yeah, man. So we're, like I said, we're doing a dark mild. It's really smelling nice. The whole the whole house, the whole Dagobah system is pretty aromatic right now. Yeah. Yeah. Swampy and oatmeal Exciting. So introduce yourself. This is... Um, my name's Jay. Um, I do some things at a place. Have we ever referenced Jay on the podcast before? Probably. I think yeah. we've called him by a certain name before. The Wizard. The Wizard. Other things. That's his code name usually. The Wizard! <laughs> usually on the podcast. Blowing it up. Look at that waveform. It's amazing. That's oh, going to have yeah. to get lowered in the, in the audio. Nice. <laughs> That's so cool. So are my stupid laughs. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, what's good, guys? Besides us home run. Uh, I don't... I, it's... A gorgeous day on it's election day and it's what so it's november 8th and it's 60 degrees and sunny in chicago which is yeah. freaking wild super weird um wearing shorts uh i got up super early and voted today hope everyone else voted too i had done did voted voted with your conscious which is what you should be doing voting in your in your in your general interests mm-hmm. but this is not a political show this is a beer show so let's get to it so yeah what are we talking about today? Oh, well, we're talking about this article I read in the new episode, um, issue of Beer Advocate. Just a side note, I stopped subscribing to Beer Advocate like years ago just because I just kind of felt that it was a little bit trite and not really Ooh. speaking to me. And I'm not, I'm not trying to slam it because I'm about to give it a pay it a super huge compliment. I go into um, a CO2 store, probably like three-year time CO2 store, a CO2 company a couple times a week to fill up tanks for work, and they always have the newest issue of Beer Advocate on the table, and I read it, and the articles have gotten way, way better, in my opinion, than when I remember them being. Like, they're super informative, they're, they're, they're well-researched, and they're kind of cutting edge, too, so, I mean, it was enough for me to pay for a subscription right now, and they're doing, like... In honor of their tenth anniversary, ten dollars subscriptions. So I might, I, feel, I might have to learn how to read. That's a super deal. I'm gonna teach Josh to read, and he's gonna subscribe to Beer Advocate, and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> but uh, Brian Yeager wrote a wrote a article called "Savoring Acidity: The Quest to Explain Sourness in Beer," and basically what he's talking about is um, how to quantify. Perceptible levels, perceptible levels, levels of acid. acidity in beer, um, and his spin on it was more for a consumer aspect, in my opinion. So that you know, you could walk up, similar to international bittering units, look at the label and say, "Hey, you know, this beer is X amount of acidity. This is kind of my speed, or this might be a challenge." Um, you read the article, Josh. What did you think? Uh, I I think that it has great application as far as blending i mean and they say that they say as much and and those articles as well as like the the research that's been referenced um i don't know that it's something that's necessary for me as a consumer but i think it could be useful absolutely i agree with you so he goes on to talk about uh the firestone walker barrel works master blender jim crooks and the director of the barrel works uh jeffers richardson believe it's time for the consumer to become more educated about the acid content of sour beer, they are printing the the and pronounce it for me because I'm terrible at the scientific terms tritatable acid. 
Is that what it stands for? Titratable. Titratable acid in grams to liter ratios on the label of beers. And they believe this gives a more complete picture of acidity than pH. Um, they go on to say, you know, as they, they go on as well to give lectures at different bars, conferences, tasting rooms around the country, and they call it Jeffers Drops Acid Knowledge. And basically, they, 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 they go around and they give you, you know, samples of the different types of acids found in beer, like lactic acid, acetic acid, etc. And, and they also give you different levels of acids you can taste. Just the acid itself, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's, if it's, it's in solution. But in yeah. solution, correct. So you can kind of you can kind of get it. So I, I thought that's that's pretty cool that they're they're taking the mark to do education around acidity. Um, and as a personal beef, I like I don't like to say sour beer in a sense. I like to call it out by style, or I reference it as tartness. And a lot of people give me shit for that. I don't care, and they don't talk about that in there. They talk about tartness. Which sure. or acidity level, which I think is really great. This on a side note, but anyways, so say it for me again. Titratable. Yeah, so it's titr- titrate is an actual yeah. method. Titration is a method. Titration, yeah. right? So in, what? Explain titration. It's used heavily in the in the wine industry, uh, and it can be used in beer science too. Um, it's it's a method of of careful dosing to. Oh god! You user reagents to figure out. It's like indicators for right. You're you're trying to figure out how much of a certain thing you need a certain a certain substance, a certain acid, a certain caustic um, to achieve the reaction you want. And so you you're pulling a sample. You're you're basically going a drip at a time. You have this whole mechanism that's a very it's a it's a thin metric tube. And you have a little little valve on the bottom, and you open it up, and you basically go a drip at a time, drip at a time, drip at a time, until you achieve the reaction you want in your sample. So then you can tell how much you've used of your reagent, and therefore you can go back to your larger volume, right? If I were doing a, a, right? if I were doing my <clears throat> mash pH, and I had a titration system, I could pull a sample of my mash, I could take it over there, and I could use exactly how much of my phosphoric acid or nitric acid I wanted to do to get my pH exactly to 5.2. Gotcha. And then on that sample, known quantity, uh, a decided volume of my my acid, and I can then scale that back up again and go to my mash and say, I need to put exactly this much in to get my mash to be this this pH. We just, and this we just, is just figuring out how much acid is in solution, right? This is... Right. And so I was trying to get Jay's perspective <clears throat> on this too because obviously we don't have any like you know physical knowledge or first-hand knowledge of doing this according to milk the funks wiki ta is an approximation of the total of city and solution um as opposed to like unbonded unbonded ions where ph is only broken ions so they feel that this tight titratable acid is a more complete picture of the total acidity in the beer or how you'll perceive it correct correct um they also say that pH does not directly correlate to what you perceive, which makes sense. When yeah. you when you drink a beer, you're 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 drinking an entire you know you're drinking the whole picture. You're not just drinking acid. You're drinking you know a whole substrate of flavors and and, and perceptions. Sure, and the and the quality, the flavor quality, and the textural quality of a nitric acid that you would get from a, like a lemon juice is clearly different than what you would get with acetic acid or like at, the, at the same pH. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. 
Yeah, they're, they, they talk about that they have different molecular weights in that sense as well. Um, Which is getting a bit too nerdy. But it's getting it's way really too just nerdy about for this podcast. Right? It is about perception, and they believe that TA, um, titratable acidity, is getting us closer to being able to, to have like a quantifiable number to look at. Um, which is why I feel this matters. A couple of years ago, you, if you remember, if you've been in the game long enough, IBUs were huge. People were making beers like, and quantifying on the labels, like this is a thousand IBU beer, this is a hundred IBU beer. Um, and, and people were loving it. You know, like the more bitter, the better. Now our, our, our look at IPAs has changed. We're looking for flavor. We're looking for aroma. And people don't really care about IBUs. We were even talking on today about how little our IBU dose and our dark mild really mattered. Yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't really. Um, however, I, I can see this backfiring and then putting the TA on the label and, you know, it People being, going for like stupid high. It becomes an arms high. race. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes an arms race. And then, you know, I was reading a, I was reading a, a um, an article, a blog where this guy was taking different levels of acidity. And he said, you know, like at certain levels of, of TA, you know, it felt like my like the enamel was getting ripped off my teeth. It felt like my my cheeks yeah. were going rubbery. And to me, that's not well. That's, that's not, not enjoyable. enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you nailed it right there. Well, that wasn't necessarily just from a, a beer. That was when he was he did the thing with Jeffers, right? Correct. But but I mean, I think of certain certain lambics like like Timmermans, where I feel that way when I drink that. I'm like, it's yeah. so acidic that I'm just like, man, it feels like my my gums are being attacked. Yeah. And and it'd be kind of cool to know that like. At that level of, of acidity, that's my that's my. I think he point. said at a twelve, his mouth just like instantly got destroyed, and it felt like rubber. Right, <laughs> like which was... I think is hilarious too. And then the, in the beer of article too, they talk about how um, Cowbell from Firestone Walker Barrel works, how it's the highest acidity beer, and they use it almost for a, a, as for a blending, so they can that's blend it to other beers to increase the acidity. But they also offer it on tap. So if you want to taste like the most sour beer they make, like the dead-on most acidic beer they make, there I go saying sour again. Um, it, it, it's there for you. Sour is useful. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Cool. So, I mean, the other thing they talk about in this article, and, and I, I, I'm going to kind of go a little bit deeper into it, is is from a brewer's perspective, knowing the TA could be key to blending because TA is linear along with Play-Doh. So you can take like a 20 TA beer, you know, with X amount of Play-Doh and blend it with, you know, a 10 TA beer with X amount of Play-Doh. You might get like a stronger, weaker beer or stronger, weaker acidity. The results, you're, you're going to know what the result will be. Right. It becomes way more predictable than when you're blending off a pH. So, Or just what whatever you perceive, like right. tasting off a barrel and be like, let's mix these two and see what happens. And they also, they also touch on the fact that, too, that many of these people who are blending sour beers right now still do go on the traditional methods. Like they say that Belgian brewers don't have labs, still don't have labs. The majority of them they don't, don't want to. They don't want to. They know their product. They taste it. They know what it should taste like. They don't care about this kind of stuff. Where uh, we could use both. You know, we can know flavors. We can know this. But we can also use this system to get a bit more predictability to it. And I think that makes a lot of sense for American brewers because our consumers demand a variety of beers. We're not making three core beers year-round, usually they're yeah. sour beers. We're making a boatload of beers. And we also expect consistency to a certain level, right? And, and part of it is the, is the sales model of the United States, right? Breweries don't just sell in their neighborhood anymore. They're selling nationwide. Yep. And so having a metric that you can use to produce consistent quality 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. Use your, your, your mouth sense, right? Do that. But to have something to back you up, yeah. it's going to make that beer better and more distributable, more sellable. Or how, make, how consumers make more or a more educated choice when they're pulling something off a shelf, right? There's something to be said for that. I don't know. I, I kind of want to be surprised still. I don't... Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, Josh. I kind of like just to, to check things out and kind of learn through through my, through, through my palate. But I, I agree. For the consumer who doesn't drink beer every damn day like we do, it seems, you know, they're, they're, they're buying a bottle of beer for the weekend. They want to have a bit more information and make that choice. And I think this is a super cool way of doing it. Um, yeah. I guess we do drink beer every day, don't we? Thankfully. So it's a Thank rough goodness. life. It's a rough, rough, <laughs> real rough life we have. Brew beer, drink beer, sell beer. Hey, you know, we chose this life. It didn't choose us. <laughs> I don't sure. know. We are. I'm, I'm pretty sure it chose us. We chose to go to Dagobah. That's right. Cool. So, I mean, this, this isn't a typical beer breakdown episode uh, in a sense. Uh, but we do have three beers to taste. So um, we picked three beers, uh, the Firestone Walker Agrestic, uh, New Belgium La Folie, and Duchess de Bourgogne. Does the Agrestic have it on there? I know yeah, Firestone it does on the front label. Right, right under Agrestic, it does tell you the TA. Um, but I do know the TA of all these beers uh, roughly, Ooh. so we'll be able to tell it. So, so I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. So I guess for what I want to know from our tasting today is which beer is the most tart, which beer has got the most perceived sweetness, most bitterness, most boozy. Basically, I want to know like how, and then like, you know, overall, I guess what I'm more concerned with is which one is the most perceivably tart. And then I know what their TA levels are. Okay. And we can compare them to their actual TA levels. Right. Obviously, we know the aggressive TA level, but you don't know the other two TA levels. I'm okay. here on the sheet. Cool. So it's kind of like a weird backwards type blind. Y'all ready to do this? I am totally ready to do this. I'm cool. stoked. I'm gonna pause. You're gonna listen to some dope metal, and then we're gonna come back with some beers. Three beers in front of us. Sour. I mean, tart beers. Tart, sour, whatever you want to call it. Don't be an a-hole like me and just say, <laughs> it's a tart beer. <laughs> or, the, or do that. The first one we poured, uh, Agrestic from Firestone Walker. And this is the one where they are putting the titratable acid uh, level on the label, so you know. And it comes in at 7.1 grams per liter. And also, isn't there, there's, a, there's an alternative... Uh, measuring by uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but IPU International yeah, Puckering yeah. Unit. The brewer from Cascade is going International <laughs> Puckering Unit, which I thought which was, I thought awesome. was awesome. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, but super cool. Why not? It's got thirty IPU, ten IPU. <laughs> well, I mean, I I, I really in, in my mind I want to think that you know tartness in relation to sweetness, in the way to bitterness, in relation to booziness. This is a dry, dry beer. Um, so I assume it's going to come off 
a bit more stringent, a bit more harsh. Yeah. And it's and it is. Well, immediately it hits my cheeks. I get pretty intense tartness. Yeah, on right the on the tongue. It's, it yeah. dries me up. It parches me. It's astringent. It but might it, be cleaning my teeth. But it follows you back a little bit. Hits that front of the tongue, and it's just sort of like sucks up. But you can feel it roll back. Mm-hmm. And you get to the back of the tongue, and you've got a different flavor back there. It's very sweet on the back of the tongue. Yeah. I actually think this is pretty well balanced. That's yeah. It's not I like to call that the barley wine zone. <laughs> the barley wine zone, but the back. Uh, I back? think on the top of your tongue. Top. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the maybe front. you get more sweetness, right? Sweet. Side yeah. sour. Side sour. Back, sour, would be back bitter. is bitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That can't be right because I'm not getting anything on the side of my tongue. I'm getting the tip of the tongue and the back of the tongue. Hmm. Well, you did just have a pizza with a bunch of peppers on it, so that might have something to do. That with was it. like a half an hour. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not just had. Mm. It is um, delicious and dry, but and it is extremely. But we're talking it's not about ex- it's not extreme. It's tart. It's I don't very, think it's. I don't know if it's necessarily extreme. It's a seven, but it's not. <laughs> it's not super puckering. No, it's not puckering. It, it does have a lot of that. Less. Yeah, it's got the sensation that you expect from a, from a very very. Tart so this is thing. a red. So we're gonna expect a bit more malt on it I guess but this beer basically starts out as their double barrel ale but it doesn't go to the Burton Union it goes directly yeah. into oak and is then aged so essentially it's, it's, nice. it's a bitter that's been hit with microflora so that's pretty I really cool. dig it um, yeah and I like that whole teeth thing I never really thought about that but it's, it's definitely stripping the enamel off my teeth or no the tartar the tartar <laughs> tartar there's some nice kind of horsiness to this too without being overwhelming there is some oh, bretonness yeah. it definitely like I was going to lacto and some bret what I was going to say is there's a, a lot of times when I I'll, I'll smell these beers and then I expect a certain amount of tartness we'll say and this doesn't the aroma doesn't lend to how tart it actually tastes correct you're not so, expecting it. It, yeah. it it's a surprise Pretty badass, though. I, I dig it. I've not had it before. Glad I got to try it. So let's move on. This is the La Folie. La Folie, which I definitely have had. Not this year's. Um, did they blend this? Yeah. All these are... All the new Belgian sours are a blend of two different beers. A light, a light, Basically a light lager and a dark lager that they brew specifically to go into barrels. And then they're blended yeah. from there on brighter than I thought it would be too yeah and then another thing to keep in mind New Belgium pasteurizes everything so once they have that that sour profile locked in it is pasteurized and it's not going to develop very interesting this is a much maltier beer Mm -hmm. Uh, maltier than I remember it too I remember this being I used to think this was very very tart aroma Yeah. yeah a little bit on the flavor that lingering sweetness is what I really appreciate about the beer. It is tart. It is malty. It does have those fruits, but then you have this little bit of sugariness that kind of like sure. dries off. Like dried cherries. Mm-hmm. I love that. Exactly, like cranberries or cherries. It's interesting how that, that would be like the tannins, right? The cranberry. Mm-hmm. That the tart characteristic that's in there, I feel like it supports these sort of flavor descriptors, like like cherries. Correct. Right. There's nothing like cherry in the agrestic. And certainly part of that is it's the interaction between the tart and the yeah. malt sweetness, right? Sure. This is far less tart, at least perceptibly to me. I mean, so it, far. A lot of people like to call certain, like, 
sour beers, they say, ooh, sweet tarts, ooh, sweet tarts, ooh, sour candy. If I was going to call a beer sour candy, this would be the one. Because it does have that sugary sweetness like a sweet tart does. It does, That's definitely. That's aggressive tart is. So the sweet tart would be like citric acid then, mainly, right? If that's yeah, yeah, that's how it is. More of a pucker in it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Cool. Actually, this one, I feel like the malt body, it makes it almost taste more tart. Because I feel like the tart lingers longer. Oh, because it's a little stickier? I definitely, you know, just talking about the placement in the mouth, right? Again, it's the tip of the tongue, it's the back of the tongue. I do get more along the sides, and I get more along the roof of the mouth, too. Yeah, it's there. But yeah, it's, it's drying out the mouth. Yum. I love that. That's great. I like some both so far. Shall we move on to Duchess de Bourgogne? Absolutely. How, how do you actually pronounce it, Jay? Are you in? Do you have this? Well, I presume it's Duchess de Bourgogne. That sounds pretty good. But... I'm calling it Duchess. Duchess D. Bergogni. You got any of that, Duchess? <laughs> so, right off the bat, before we talk about this, or before we talk about the, the flavor profile of this, for you guys, was this the first sour beer you ever had? Um, uh, might be one of them. It might be one of them. I yeah. really think that La Folie might have been the very first sour beer I had. Yeah. That was I mean, prevalent. Flanders? Like uh, the uh, one of the Flanders, what's the what's the one we get here, and we've been getting in the states for a long, long time. Yeah, Rodenbach. Oh, Rodenbach for sure. Yeah, Rodenbach's up there. That too. sticks out in my mind. I mean, I really feel like like that Lafley might have been my first sour beer that I didn't expect it because I was mm. thinking of new other New Belgian beers. And sure. I'm like, oh, New Belgium, I'll try that. Right. Oh, and then hey. it was like, oh, hey, what's this? You know, this is different. And then I used to remember like. Back in the day, Twisted Spoke doing bottle releases and doing, they had their own blends and things like that. Before I was really like hardcore into beer, but also recognizing that, you know, these came in 750 milliliter bottles. These were definitely different beers than your standard New Belgium beer. Yeah, but this very well could have been my first. And here we go. Well, I remember very specifically drinking this at the Blind Pig Brewery. Not the brewery, the Blind Pig Bar. Before there was a Blind Pig Brewery in Champaign, Illinois maybe 10 years ago and thinking this was the single tartest thing I'd ever had in my life thinking okay. I would never drink it again because it was so so overwhelmingly tart and acetic and now this tastes so sweet <laughs> weird so sweet have you oh okay you've, you've dealt well I mean I still go into this I think these these beers oh, have their place with food I think on its own, I'm not a big Duchess fan. It's it's too sweet. It's acetic, and I don't really find that pleasurable. I don't like acetic yeah. um, flavors, really. I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't steer toward. I, I do think this is a, a fine beer, but it's not my style. Like uh, over these three, I already know what my favorite beer out of these three is. But but that wasn't the question. This is definitely not. I no <laughs> no. I understand that's not the question. Um, yeah, this tastes the sweetest. That's one of the questions. And so how do you think that's affecting the overall tartness? Like like Jay said, to the uninitiated palate, this is an incredibly tart beer. But sure. out about y'all, I feel like this may be, in my perce- perception, the least tart of the three, right? I, I agree. Interesting. Isn't that weird? So, I mean, it's tart, but the body is very dry and it's just sugary sweet. Where I feel like the body of the Lafolie helps it, right? 
it supports the malt, like Jay said. It, it gives it that fullness and it allows those malt flavors to come through and be underlined by the tartness. Where number one, the agrestic is just tart and dry. So I, I'm, I'm glad that we chose these three beers because they really do contrast. So yeah, I guess Jay, choosing them. you're you're the guest. I'm gonna have you go first and tell me what your thoughts are. Um, the questions again is which beer in your perception is the most tart? What is the most sweetest? And I don't know if these last three really matter. I just threw them on there for for shits. Uh, most bitter, most boozy. Um, hmm. Boozy is a weird one. Or what do you perceive well, as the highest alcohol? I almost feel like I'm second guessing this a little bit. I, on a general scope of sweetness, the Duchessa is the most perceptibly sweet. But I, I almost feel like that might be complemented by its acidity by that acetic acid profile to it, and that maybe the La Folie is fundamentally the most sweet, because I think it carries more. Alright. But tartness, right off the bat, what do you think? Tartness, the most tart? That's La Folie. La Folie. Yeah, I think the La Folie is the, the tartest. Alright. And then you already said the sweetest obviously was the Duchessa, right? Uh, no, I said... You said La Folie. Okay. And then the two other categories that I'm not really caring about, but we're going to talk about anyways, most bitter, most boozy, does that... Most bitter? Um, Perceivably bitter. Yeah. We can take a student scene of that factor. Yeah. Here this is going to sound crazy, but I think it's the La Folie. Most bitter? Yeah. Wow. That, and, no, that's, no, and again, that. that might be like a second-guessing thing. I feel like the, the aggressive is it's more perceptibly dry than the others. Correct. And so a, a certain amount of, of bittering to that is going to carry farther. But I feel yeah, yeah. like there's there's a lot more behind the La Folie. Yep. So it's both sweet. or It's sweet and tart, and I think it needs to have more of that bitterness to carry it. But I, I if we're just going to do just, yeah, it's four, just not perception. four perception, then it's, yep. then it's the aggressive. And that's right. totally a quality of its dryness. Cool. Cool. Let's move on to Josh. Yeah. Uh, your, don't worry about boozy. Just give me your those, the those tartness. Top three. Uh, man, I really was leaning toward agrestic uh, the whole time until Jay started talking, and I kept going back to La Folie. So I really do think that it has the most. It's the most perceptibly tart to me, or acidic, I guess, in my opinion. Um, bitter. I'm gonna stick with agrestic as well, and that that was where I was at. Sweet. The Duchess, Duchessa, or whatever. Wasn't that one the most Swedish, as you said? Yeah, we, would all, we were all agreeing uh, on that. The most Swedish? The yes. most Swedish of all the Belgian beers. This is the least Swedish beer I've ever had. <laughs> um, and uh, Boozy? Man, it's tough. But yeah, I mean, that, that, I think I just threw that on there. Don't, don't, you don't need to answer that. No, I, I think I, I like... I'm going to answer it, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to go with uh, the Duchess with that for that one, too. Me, too. Okay. Where are you at, kid? Um, I know the answers already, so, I mean, this doesn't really mean Why much. Why don't you just tell us then? Cheater. Um, Jerk. Yeah, cheating. Um, the most tart, perception-wise... Oh, he's drinking while he's saying it, while he's thinking. Yeah. Talk about cheater. He's gold. I guess we got to fill some I'm going to agree with Jay. I, 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 by, not by much, though. I do think that Lawfully, regardless of the malt profile, is, is coming off more tart than the Agrestic... Um, Duchess being the third 
Sweetest is obviously the Duchess. Um, and then most bitter, I'm going to take into account perception and, and the fact that the stringency of the Agrestic, which I love. I think this is a fantastic My beer. favorite beer of the three is, is just killing it. That's the one. Hello. Seriously, this is your podcast, dude. Getting phone calls on the podcast. <laughs> and you got fans, buddy. You got fans. <laughs> oh, Somebody wants to complain about their picks. I think you're wrong, man. Let me tell you. Uh, booziness? Ah. No. I mean, it's not. I'm going to tell you that. But I, I agree with you. I, I feel like because of the acetic acid and because it comes out very, very wine-like, it tastes like a wine, uh, the Duchessa is what I would assume is the booziness. It is not. So, Wild. in order of titratable acid, 7.1 on the Agrestic, 9.7 on the La Folie, 11 on the Duchess. Oh, man. Uh, we tasted them in order of acidity. Okay. Of, pers- of what they're yeah. actually would make, would, Which would make sense, right, if you were doing it? On the um, booze tip. Did that bias us? Because I, I watch us all doing our samples. Oh, we maybe. Going back have. to us, we were drinking down the line from aggressive to Instead of going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's possible. Doesn't matter. This is ABV all wise, the, uh, the aggressive was 6.8, 7 on the lawfully, and 6.2 on the. Oh, okay. So they're all, they're all in range. Yeah. I mean. That's a throwaway question for sure. For sure. <laughs> the sweetness, um, obviously, you know, that was, that was the, uh, the Duchessa. Um. Yeah, I which mean, some people love that beer. I don't it's the most that. tart, but also the most sweet, and I think that cuts into your perceptions. So maybe this TA scale isn't all it's cracked up to be. Um, but yeah. or maybe it's a work in progress. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're right, Jay. It very much is a work in process, and I think it's better than what we have, which is technically right now. Not but I mean, if we were just drinking that, it, it is very, very tart. It, it just doesn't seem like it. It's slicker. It's got all that sweetness with it um which like you said it does but i thought it was supposed to take into account um gravity right well yeah i mean gravity doesn't necessarily directly correlate to, to okay. sweetness i mean you can start at a certain gravity if you don't finish at a certain gravity okay um so i guess i have to ask what was your favorite of the three I really like the Agrestic. That was my favorite. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that. Agrestic, definitely. I think La Folie is a fine beer. Obviously, Duchessa doesn't really need our endorsement. No, sure um, don't. And it is, it's a fine beer. It's just not my favorite of these. My, my takeaway on La Folie is it, it's got the taste of a beer that has had years of dialing in. Like, it is super complex, mm-hmm. you know, and then I just think that Agrestic is just got, it's on the attack, and that's what I kind of appreciate about it. It's... It's lively, it's acidic, it's dry, it's drinkable. Which where, may be why they got that name, Agrestic. Or is that from Weeds? Was yeah, it's probably from that. From the show Weeds, <laughs> absolutely. I just keep thinking of Fugazi. Sorry to interrupt Acrostic. you. Yeah. Uh, was that long? Acrostic Caustic? I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> we were I, like, I, the La it feels like it's really dialed in with a certain flavor profile. Like, everything they're doing is aiming very squarely at one thing. And the Agrestic... It's more complex because it's going in different directions. It's dry. It's got some bitterness to it. It's got that funk. It's got some a little bit of pez from it from all the lacto in there, and it's it just feels more. Is it's more of something were... to dive into. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Lafolie is 
is just taking you a little where it's going. Yeah, I agree. I, I, the the, the, the agrestic is the wild of the three. It's the one that's going to give you the most constant second guessing where these other two, they know where they are. They know who they are. It's, and they're all great. So buy all three. Do the same thing with your friends. Don't record it. No, I'm kidding. Or do record it. <laughs> no, I'm Please do record it. I'm just kidding. Cool. So I guess we're ending the near of our the the end of our boil. So we should sh- shut the podcast down. Jay, thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's awesome. You guys. Is he? A, he's our first guest, isn't he? Absolutely, no. he is our first no. guest. That's awesome. And we ambushed him. He did not. He did not get, want to get be to on prepare the for this or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. As always, thanks for listening, guys. You yes, can yes. find us on the Facebook at Beer Breakdown. Instagram at Beer Breakdown, Twitter at Breakdown Beer, that we don't really use Twitter. We're all about that Instagram. So come find us there. As always, thanks for listening and drink some beers. Drink some beers. Drink some beers. No, beers. Beers. Drink some beers. Drink some beers. <laughs>